Hello and welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, both empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. So good to be in the house this morning. <laughs> so good to be in the house this morning. Oh yeah, good, okay, good. Uh, and uh, nice and dry in here, so we're all good. I don't think there were any leaks in the building this week, which is good. You just never know, it was such a big building, what's gonna happen there, but uh, a few leaks in the new building. We'll, they'll sort that out once they get walls up and things like that, but <laughs> at least the roof was on. <clears throat> uh, welcome, big welcome to everybody. And uh, great to be here. And as Jared has already mentioned that we have, uh, uh, this is our third week speaking on Digital Babylon. And uh, boy, it's been an interesting series, hasn't it? And uh, and, and enjoyable uh, for some and challenging for most. This week, I get the opportunity to talk about this. This is a cell phone. This one. (laughs) Says... There's a demon in there. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> End of message. <clears throat> uh, I, I get to talk about the cell phone and talk about, well, not just the cell phone, but our digital devices. And uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to the last couple of, couple of weeks series, uh, it's worthwhile checking online because they're pretty powerful. <laughs> Some really interesting information that's been uh, happening and, and uh, in regards to all this digital Babylon stuff. Babylon pretty much is, you know, the world really. The Bible says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And trying to learn to uh, teach ourselves and to teach each other how to do things better than the way the world is teaching us to do things. And it's a massive challenge because we are so much in the culture of this world. We're not, we're not of the world, but we are in the culture of this world, right? And so there are some things that get we get that gets rubbed off on us, right? We you know kind of rubs on us, and uh, and so it's good just to teach a little bit about maybe the culture that we don't necessarily agree with, even though we have cell phones and they are necessary. It's not necess- It's it's not always the best thing or the most helpful thing for us. So I'll teach you a little bit about that. If you're under thirteen, you can stay in the room this week. <laughs> And so we're going to talk about the way in which our phones can be a massive threat to our lives, uh, which can be both embarrassing for some, but also be life-threatening for for many of us. And in recent times, more people are dying from selfies than ever before. (laughs) It's true. This is uh, obviously due to the fact that selfies are very popular. Uh, You know what a selfie is? A selfie is when you sort of like, you know, take a photo of yourself. And uh, some people, uh, I saw something on YouTube the other day uh, where people were going to this big rock that was overhanging some massive kind of landscape and uh, you look on this massive rock and you look over and it's just like, you know, you basically feel like you're in outer space pretty much. But people are taking selfies of themselves and getting closer to the edge of the rock and falling off. And uh, people have been dying off tall buildings and... Uh, taking photos of themselves while doing it off bridges, off cliffs, uh, and drowning in water and things like that by taking selfies. Whilst this sounds extreme, we are all subject to the danger of our phone. 
perhaps a little bit more subtle than what I've just expressed or explained, but we uh, uh, seem to have uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a cultural problem at the moment, and that's our phone. Shall I show you a link, a YouTube link, of uh, some people walking and talking on their phones and seeing what happens as they do that? There we go, that'll do. <laughs> Anyone had an, a uh, mishap while texting themselves? Anyone feel their pain? All right, let me get to the scriptures on this one, shall we? Uh, Jesus didn't have problems with cell phones in his time, um, but I found a really cool scripture uh, as in the message version, and it's this scripture here in Colossians. McLaren, you can put it up there. Colossians chapter one, I think it is. Chapter three, Colossians three. Have you got it there? Okay, not there. Let me read it to you then. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, be alert, to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is, see things from His perspective. Do you like that? That's from the message version. So uh, let's title this message, Look Up. Look up. Every time you're looking at your phone, you're always looking down. Here's a, here's a great uh, story. I've, I've named the person Bartholomew, just for fun. My, <laughs> my name is Bartholomew. And I'm exhausted, to be honest. Perhaps it has something to do with late nights spent watching Netflix, YouTube, and social media. Or maybe it's because I don't have any quiet moments without a screen stimulating me. I need to unplug for a season so that I can plug into the one who matters most and also really pay attention to the people around me. I want to have the energy to serve and smile, but I'm as drained as the battery on my phone. And I know I'm not alone. We all seem to be looking down these days. I wonder if that's why many of us feel down too. We perpetually bow our heads, but not in prayer. While we might believe prayer works, we don't have the time to get on our knees because we're on our phones. 
checking in online, responding to a text, watching a YouTube video, then looking up just in time to snap a picture of the sunset. As we post it to social media, we realise our neck aches and that we forgot to do actually what really needs to be done. That's a good, he goes on, brings these scriptures and he says, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, an expert in the Levitical law asked Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? The man was really asking him, teacher, what is it that really matters most? And Jesus replied, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, which is love your neighbour as yourself. In fact, the passion version of the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Bartholomew continues, he says, nothing in my life has made loving God with all my heart, soul and mind more difficult than my constant connection to my devices. And the same is true when it comes to loving my real life neighbours, he says. Devices are divisive. Devices are divisive. I know this feels countercultural, and indeed it is, but Jesus said, if we're going to follow him, we must deny ourselves. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? That was Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 26. Uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, Graham quoted these particular statistics. By the way, Graham's in Wellington in our location this morning. Viv's in the city in our location. Uh, but, uh, and we're all speaking on the same topic. So Graham quoted these stats, 5.72 billion devices in the world. 66% of smartphone users are addicted to their phones. You can tell someone is an addict by whether they check their phone before or after greeting real people for the day. 65% check it 160 times a day, which is pretty mild. 75% use their phone in the toilet. The average phone user touches their phones 2,617 times a day. The high-end addict is around 5,000 times a day. There is now a known term as nomophobia. Have you heard of nomophobia? Uh, this is the term being used for the psychological or uh, condition of being separated from one's phone. It's a no-mobile condition, no-mobile phobia. A research out of Australia based on a survey of 3,000 people under the age of 30 said that nine out of 10 experienced real anxiety when either away from the phone or when their battery was going flat. I know, it's funny, isn't it? But it's true. Uh, how smartphones are affecting our relationships. There is, and, and this is the greatest danger, uh, not just walking into a pole, but smartphones are affecting our relationships. And it is one of the greatest dangers of our phones, to be honest. Whether at the supermarket, the, at, at the doctors, or in bed at night, it can be tempting 
to pick up the device and start scrolling through social media or text messaging at any moment. But anyone who has done so in the presence of a close friend, a family member, or even a romantic partner may have left that person feeling ignored, annoyed, or even pushed away. That's according to a growing body of research on another word, technoference. So we have nomophobia, and we also have technoference. These are real words now. They've been made up, but they are now real words. And uh, <coughs> technoference is the interference of technology in a particular situation. Look no further than the next person you see scrolling through Facebook and mindlessly hitting the like button while even as a, being, being a parent, while the kid is trying to tell them a story and there's mum or dad uh, scrolling through the phone. Divided attention leads to relationship conflict. A study of 143 married people, more than 70% of whom reported that mobile phones frequently interfered in their relationships. Your cell phone keeps you connected to work, to friends and family wherever you are, but excessive or inappropriate use can damage your closest relationships. Many people ignore the people they're with to attend to the electronic virtual world. Yeah. Like any tool, right, cell phones serve useful purpose. Very useful to have. Don't know how we did life without them, to be honest. I remember we used to take teams into Europe three months at a time uh, in the 90s. We had no cell phones. We had nothing. We were talking about it last night, actually. And uh, all we had was a paper map, you know, a map on paper. That's all we had. And you, you didn't even know which way round the map really was until you found yourself so lost, realised, oh, okay, we've got to turn the map around that way. Oh, right. That's how it works. And I'm useless at direction, too. So, so uh, you know... Those days are gone. Praise God for that. All right? Your phone helps you, right? Helps you to do your to-do lists. It helps track your health. It uh, helps file your taxes even. <laughs> However, when you are always on your phone or spend too much time on it, you isolate the people around you, causing cell phones to ruin relationships. And as much as you may think that you can multitask, research has proven you cannot. Whether you're male or female, you cannot, either you're in the room or you're not in the room, even though you might be in the room. If you're on your phone and you're in the room, you're not in the room, you're on your phone. You're in your phone. And that's, a, that's what research has actually proven. You're, it's either one or the other. Recent studies reveal the impact on the human brain, particularly for children, that the overuse of phones in children result in the loss of brain tissue in the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is where your processing functions happen. In other words, things like prioritizing, things like planning, uh, the getting things done function is in that aspect of your brain. And it's, it's incredibly affected by overuse of, of cell phones and, and devices in children. The other area notably affected is the insular region of your brain, and this is the area where empathy and compassion is activated. Uh, the other area, of course, is memory function. I mean, this is a simple one. When I was at school, we, we, when we did maths, we actually had to learn how to, how to uh, multiply, that's right, and, uh, <laughs> and divide. <laughs> uh, then I, I just finished school, I think, done two years in the fifth form, 
And I'd say, then the, the calculator came in. The calculator came in and people could actually take their calculators to the exam room. I thought, I would have passed. I would have actually passed, school said, if I'd been able to do that. And, and uh, it's amazing. And, and now, of course, we don't just have the calculator. We've got, we've got everything in the palm of our hand. But it's, it's, the Harvard University research has shown that our memory function is very much under stress, very much under stress. We don't have to remember things anymore because it's right here. Don't have to remember phone numbers. 03547771 was our number when I was growing up. Um, anyone, does anyone know their cell phone number? <laughs> Some of you do, that's good. <laughs> there we go. Does anyone remember your partner or your spouse's cell phone number? It's interesting, isn't it? Our memories are fading. Um, another word. <clears throat> you want another word? So we've got, mo- what was it? Nomo, nomophobia. And, uh, and then technoference. This one here is called fubbing. <laughs> fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. I don't know if it's coming up on the screen, is it? No, it's not. Oh, man, what happened there, McLaren? Uh, according to the... <laughs> Cambridge, oh, did I just diss them out? Sorry. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, fubbing is the act of ignoring someone you are with and giving attention to your mobile phone instead. Fubbing. Phone snubbing (laughs) is fubbing. Anyone heard of that before? Fubbing. Everybody say fubbing. This is actually a habit of of compulsive use of cell phones to such an extent that cell phones are ruining relationships and could be detrimental not only to real real life relationships, but also to the daily activities in general. Using too much phone and ignoring the one we are with often harms the quality of relationships. This is a pattern this can often make the person we are with feel less important or significant. It might start with a feeling of sadness and then could easily turn into anger. Such negative emotions are bound to gradually creep into the relationship and can be a a clear example of cell phones ruining relationships. Cell phones ruin relationships because their usage might connect us to the virtual world and people far away but can distract us from the ones near us and deprive us of the important things. This can also make us unlikable in your circle due to our non-verbal behaviour. Such people are seen as less relatable and negative. Face-to-face communication is always more effective than chatting over the phone and makes the connection stronger. In the case of fubbing, cell phones are ruining relationships. In short, every minute you spend glued to your phone takes your attention away from your partner, from your family, and from your friends. Ooh, ouch, Brent. The deeper issue is the feeling of disconnect you or your friend experiences when you get lost in your phone. You don't truly listen or make eye contact, therefore making that person feel ignored. You may think, well, we're in the same room, therefore we're spending time together, but relationships don't actually work that way. You can't experience richness and fulfillment in relationships 
when you're busy collecting likes and scrolling through endless Instagram, Trade Me, YouTube, etc. The most dangerous outcome of the overuse of cell phones is loneliness. Digital Babylon is creating loneliness. Loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death by 26%. Loneliness, living alone and poor social connections are as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, these are all stats, by the way, I'm reading it. Loneliness is worse for you than obesity. Loneliness and social isolation are associated with an increased risk of developing coronary heart disease and stroke. Loneliness increases the risk of high blood pressure. Loneliness with severe depression is associated with early mortality and loneliness is a risk factor for depression in later life. Loneliness and social isolation put individuals at greater risk of cognitive decline and dementia. And I think we can deduce that digital connection isn't real connection. The worst part is that for most people we are simply distracted and digital distraction is worse than other distraction. The dopamine effects cement the behavior and create addicted pathways. So we become addicted to neglecting people in and around our lives. So we think we're addicted to the phone, but actually we're actually addicted to neglecting people and family and friends around us. 10 red flags, would you like some red flags? Put up some red flags of those who are, you know, how do you know you're addicted to your cell phone? People who are addicted to the, to the cell phone. And you know, the reason why I'm giving this is knowledge is power, okay? Knowledge is power. Recognising the red flags of cell phone addiction can help you modify your behaviour and stop cell phones from ruining relationships. Number one, um, first red flag of addiction to your cell phone. Your phone is the first thing in your hand each morning. The first few minutes of your day sets the tone for what comes next. If your first activity is reaching for your phone to check emails and social media, you start the day feeling stressed and overwhelmed. You actually start the day stressed and overwhelmed. It's interesting, isn't it? So what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you grab your phone and start scrolling through social media, etc., etc.? If you do, it's a red flag. Another flag, red flag. You use your phone at dinner table. And I think we need to strive to make family meal times a device-free zone. Doing so allows everyone to connect in real life and to share their day. Number three, another red flag in regards to whether you're addicted or not, you use your phone in bed. Blue light, it's already proven, blue light from cell phones disrupts regular sleep Cycles. You found yourself not sleeping as well as what you would like. Possibly that could be one of the reasons. Another red flag, you panic when you lose, when you lose or break your phone. Like you panic. Like for most people, a broken cell phone is an inconvenience. But if you're addicted, your heart will race. Your mind will get into a panic when you can't access it for a day or two. That's a clear sign you have an addiction. Number five, we're halfway through. You hide your use. Another red flag, you hide your use. Do you sneak off to the bathroom multiple times a day? At work, even? 
uh, to use your phone? Do you lie to your boss or family about the amount of time you spend online? Number six, you use your phone as a crutch, as another red flag to an addiction. In other words, uh, you know, few of us enjoy the we need to talk type of conversations, but reaching for your phone when your emotions become uncomfortable creates distance between you and your friend or your family member. It also makes them feel like you don't care. Number seven, you use it to deal with emotions. You use your cell phone and depend on it when you are dealing with anxiety or depression. Another red flag is number eight. You miss your phone. You witness withdrawal symptoms when the phone is away or when the network is unreachable, like there's restlessness or irritability or you get depressed or there's tension or you get angry. There are signs that you're addicted to your cell phone. Number nine, another red flag, you use it on every occasion. You use a cell phone at social gatherings leading, at disconnection, leading to disconnection in relationships. These events are meant to be enjoyed and interact with people, but you are glued to your phone instead of connecting with people in real life. And number 10, you keep it handy, just in case. Your phone is in your hand all the time, and when the phone is near you at all moments, you are bound to check it more frequently. There is zero room for this behavior if you want healthy, connected, loving relationships. Therefore, then something needs to change. There needs to be a revaluation of what's going on in your world and what's going on in your family life. And we need to revalue people as Jesus did by laying down his life. Reopen your home. Reopen your schedules. Shut down the phone. You could save a marriage, your marriage, you could actually save your brain. You might even save a teenager, a young adult, uh, one of your children. Because if our kids don't see this modelled, what's it going to be like for them in 10 years' time, 15 years' time? Crikey, where's that going? Number one, people matter more than your phone. Do you believe that? People matter more than your phone. And the greatest plague right now, the greatest epidemic right now, keeping you away from God is your phone. People are, spending, are not spending time with God as they would have, could have, or should have simply because it's easier to go to your phone than it is to go to God. And I, th I think number one, people matter more than phones. And number two, eternity matters. Eternity matters. So what can we do? Shall I give you some practical thoughts in regards to, yeah, okay, what, what's some of the things that we can do with our phones? Anyone got some ideas? Throw it away? Break the thing? Smash it? What? Turn it off. Well, there's a big cry from the back there. Turn it off. What else? Turn it on to silent. Or did you know there's a do not disturb on your phone? Which means that if you're somewhere and you go, hey, I've got a really important call coming in, I've got to have my phone on, you can actually tell them, hey, just put it on Do Not Disturb and then action that phone number or whatever so that that phone number does come up when you're, when you, when the one that you're actually expecting. So nothing else comes up but that actual phone number. That's a goodie. What else? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go into your phone, go to your YouVersion app, your Bible app. Yeah, awesome, Pete. What else? Come on, what do you do? What, what, do, you, what do you do? What are some of the things? You, okay, what are some of the things you'd like to do? <laughs> yeah. Read a book. Instead of taking your phone, read a book. What else? Come on. Delete apps. Very good. What sort of apps should you delete? <laughs> and Brook Church bans Instagram. What else? Sorry? Turn off notifications. Brilliant. Don't take it into your bedroom. Great. Hey? Listen to worship. Yeah, get the God factor. Actually that, <laughs> actually, that seriously, seriously, that is one of the keys. I've got six of them to share, but that is definitely one of them. Get an alarm clock, which is interesting, isn't it? An alarm clock. Man, I hate alarm clocks, man. They shine at night, they're bright and digital things. I suppose you get an old one with the, ding, with the two bells on the top. <laughs> ding away. What else? Sorry? You got one of those? Yeah, it, it works? You got to wind it up? Awesome. What else? Yeah, awesome. What else? Leave it in the car. Okay, so <laughs> leave, it in, leave it in the car. Good on you, Ma. Leave it in the car. Um, okay, so parents, what do you do with your kids? What's some of the things you're doing with your kids? Just, just to help some of the parents here. Sorry? Okay, teenagers, take the phones off them at night time. Limited time. How much time do you think? What's that? 24, 24 hours. Oh, you, t- you mean take them off? Oh, take it off them 24 hours. <laughs> they don't need it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, let's face it, it's the greatest babysitter of all time, isn't it? What else? Any other thoughts? Go for a walk. It's good. Anything else? Baking. Oh, baking. Oh, I thought you said faking. I'm going, what's faking? Baking. Baking. Mm. Oh, what, what are you good at? What's, what, what are you good at? What would you make? Oh, there we go. Oh, who's getting hungry? Come on, Brent. Surely time's up. I've got five minutes still, guys. I've got five minutes. We can do this. Any other thoughts? Come on, parent, parents. How can we help other parents with, with, your, with the children? Yep. India. <laughs> Don't let your four-year-old know what the phone can do. Yep. That's right, yeah. We used barley sugars. Don't know if they were good for you either. Anyone in the techno world? Eh? Yep. Parental control. So what's that? What's the, what would you do, Josh? Yours are too young at the moment, yeah. Right. Right. Yep, control what, they can, what they're watching, when phones go off, all that sort of thing. What else? 
Be an example? Yeah, absolutely. Be an example. Man. Don't give them a data plan. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? They can only access it at home when, when you're, if you're out, you, they can't access it. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got Wi Fi but no data plan. Yep, that's good. Any other thoughts? <laughs> well, I know some people who have done that. Take the iPhone off them and just give them a Nokia phone. No Wi-Fi. We're finishing off. Here we go, six steps to regaining our lives over digital. We've already probably said them all, but unplug for 30 minutes before and after bed. Just unplug. Create margins so you can wind down and let your mind reset. That's a goodie. 30 minutes may not seem like too much, but it's enough to actually wind down. Number two, the silence it or do not disturb. Turn alerts off, notifications off. Um, Remove it from sight. Get it out of the room. Number three, make it a game. If you're heading out with a family event, friends or even work meetings. We should have done this last night, Dad, for your, my dad's here, it's his 80th birthday, so we just had a big celebration last night. We should have made it a game. Got some of the cell phones on the, so if you're heading out with a family or friends, um, gather the the devices and put them somewhere all together. The first person to reach for their phone buys everyone a dessert afterward. We should have, eh? Yeah, I know. Get your kids involved. We're going to put our phones down together and play cards or watch a movie or or whatever, get your kids involved. Number four, take a break and repurpose your time. Set times as a goal where you don't want to be tempted or distracted. If you're not happy with how much time screen, how much time screen time says you spend, set a new goal and while you're at it, repurpose that time to do something useful or helpful or inspiring. Get a vision. Like Jesus said, live for more. Number five, revalue people. Revalue people. We have in this an amazing opportunity to once again be a people set apart for Christ. And in this way, we will be different and will shine brighter by simply valuing those God values so much, loving those God loves. Additionally, if you lead an organisation or a business, you can set higher standards and helpful culture. We put people over devices. We listen both with our ears and eye contact. These are some of the things you can teaching you in those in, in situations. We are renewing the art of enjoying being together. We bring our whole selves to this moment. The gift of who you are is more valuable than you might think. The gift of who you are is actually more valuable than you might think. Think of ways that you can bring so much value to being with people. And number six, be aware of God's presence. Be aware of God's presence. Rest for your soul. Downtime is essential to knowing Christ in you, the hope of glory. And digital time is fine, but as a majority rule, it's overextending its reach if you have forgotten God's grace and God's power, God's love and God's peace, being made new every day by being in His presence. You are in this world, but you are not of it. 
you have a kingdom culture, not the culture of the world. Is that good? So let me go back to that first scripture again to finish. Colossians chapter three, verse one to two. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and he, and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. What do you think? What a great scripture. Yeah, come on, put your hands together. I guess just one more moment, and that's just simply, hey, maybe there's a, a God challenge in this for you. Maybe there's a God dynamic here because we can walk out and go, well, okay, I'm gonna put some of those things in place, which is awesome. But in actual fact, some of us, we actually need God's help. We really do. Because we realise we've gone down such a pathway of culture that we've lost our way. And maybe some of you here this morning wanna come back to a place, centred again on Christ. Come back to a place where you're living your life for Him, living your life for Jesus. Not worried about what others think about you. Not worried about the number of likes that you're getting or not getting. But more worried about what Jesus thinks of you. More understanding of what Jesus thinks of you. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. There's purpose for your life. And believe it or not, the purpose of your life is not Instagram or Facebook. That's not your purpose. So every eye closed, every head bowed. We are going to pray. We're not looking at our phones by bowing our head. We're just simply praying. God, would you help us? Maybe, maybe you put it in the personal. So God, would you help me? Help me to break the culture that I see around me, that even I see within me. And help me to build a kingdom culture. I want to place you first in my life again. been so distracted which has been annoying realising that I haven't been valuing people in my life and God most of all I haven't been valuing you so I ask you Lord just to come again present yourself here in my life help me to be attracted to the things God that you want me to be attracted to and help me not to be distracted by the things that keep me in a place that's just not right. Keep me in a place of not really understanding what you're wanting for my life. I wanna live for you, God. I want my life to matter. I want my life to be filled with purpose. Jesus, you said when you Give us life, life more abundantly. I want that abundant life. Maybe that's what you need this morning. Maybe there's somebody here this morning who's never acknowledged Jesus as Lord of your life and you just know that you've just got so distracted by the culture of this world. You know, it's taking you down a pathway that it's just slippery and it's, it's leading to nowhere. 
and you want to go somewhere because you know God has planned for your life. You know it. You know it deep within. You know God's been speaking to you. You know God's been showing you something of your future, but you're caught up in the culture. You're caught up in the, in, in the, world, the worldliness of life, but you want to come back to God today. I want to give you that opportunity. Lord Jesus, I, I come back to you. I give my whole life to you. I surrender everything to you today. I repent of the times I've kind of just gone my own way, gone, look to the left, look to the right, but God, I know you've got a pathway that's straight for me. Straight for me. It's eternal. It has meaning. It has purpose. And I want to step up. And I want to step on that pathway today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's presence is here. Funny, you can talk about cell phones, but I just sense the presence of God even in this moment. The Holy Spirit at work in your life making, changing, rearranging, turning some things around. Change is about to come. Transformation is about to happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 We trust you enjoyed this message. And if you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch. You can either visit our website or email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz. 